Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Uh, the main Cretan himself. Yep. John Cretan uh, Palmer. I saw him said Blickman. <laughs> that was his uh, given middle name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Given like the finger. <laughs> yeah. Huh? How about that John Cretan Blickman? Yep. Our, our brother. John's always game. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, all these game he makes. Uh, that is a tiny little beer. <laughs> there you go. Well, very easy. Um, uh, well, and you know, uh, John Creton Blickman uh, makes uh, some great, uh, great equipment. He does indeed. And you can see it. He's all always at, working uh, on more. Yeah, and you can see it all at uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. And uh, make sure you tell him. How much we appreciate that he sponsors this show. He pays for the show so you don't have to. Uh, the least you can do is send him a email at feedback at blickmanengineering.com. Tell him how much you appreciate that he's paying for the show. And, you know, they're giving away, for the first time ever, a grand prize of a Brew Easy system this holiday season. The winner's going to be announced uh, the week before Christmas, so you, yeah. Just got a little bit of time. Get in there and uh, clickety-click and, and typey-type. Uh, what you do is uh, click on the, uh, the the banner on their webpage, BlickmanEngineering.com, and you can uh, sign up for, for this giveaway. They're not only giving away the Brew Easy system. They're giving away other prizes like a Quick Carb, a Cornicle, a Hell Fire Burner, and uh, the Brew Vision Thermometer. All for free. You just go to BlickmanEngineering.com and sign up. Uh, couldn't be better. The the ever wonderful uh, uh, Cretan uh, John Blickman is uh, taking care of uh, you peeps. So check right. it out. Well, and uh, what else you been up to, John? Have you uh, have you uh, got any more trips planned? You you got uh, you staying staying um, home for the holidays? Staying home for the holidays. Uh, though we'll be heading up north for New Year's, our annual uh, New Year's. Uh, family get together. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, we are yep. brewing uh, Evil Three on December twenty eighth. Oh nice! If you want to join us? Ah, uh, you know I might. Steel and tasty. Might. Wednesday, be, December twenty eighth. It would. It will be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, come on out. That's one of my favorite beers too. There you go. It's going to be even more delicious. <laughs> Uh, All right, I'll make a point of coming up. There you go. Um, so, my month-long trip to Europe has now got a week tacked onto it at the, the beginning for Boston. 
Oh, really? Wow. I am literally gone more than the entire month of March. That is a long one. Yeah, well, you know, in fact... February uh, 28th through April 2nd. Yeah. Yeah, it was at Peru just didn't ask us if we could come out in uh, March. Yeah. And uh, yep. the Machu Picchu homebrewers? Yep. No? Or let's see. No, was that Norway? No, not in Norway. All right. Anyway, I know we get we get a lot of invites, and we had to. Yeah, I know you had to decline this one because you're already away for that month. Yes. Yes. The entire month. Yep. Oh, and, and like Norway or something, or. Yeah, that, that might have been Norway that time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Gone. 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 Yeah. Gone. Yeah, I but, love going to these. Oh, places. we sure do love it. Sure do love the travel, though. It's a lot of fun getting to, getting to meet everybody. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the travel, but I'm a fan of uh, meeting the people at the other end and uh, yep. you know hanging out and and uh, learn all about uh, what what they do and and how they do it. And I just love that part. I loved our trip to Singapore. That was just awesome. Me too. And we have a good it time was. with great people. Mm-hmm. Another another awesome trip. Um. Williams Brewing. Have you ever ordered anything from Williams, John? Oh, yeah. Yep. Long-time fan of Williams Brewing. Yeah. They've been in uh, in the business since 1979. That's before you were homebrewing or I was homebrewing. That is true. They've been yeah. offering the finest equipment, freshest ingredients, best customer service in the business since then. And uh, they've got uh, a full line of, like, the inner tap forward-sealing beer faucets, uh, you know, the ones with the interchangeable spouts. They've got a new oh, yeah. grain mill motorizing kit, so you can motorize your grain mill without all the dangerous, uh, uh, you know, uh, sheaves and, and belts. They've got uh, uh, their Mark II wort pump, which will uh, handle high temps. So it starts at only seventy bucks, sixty nine ninety nine, and does the jobs of pumps costing twice as much they've got other exclusive stuff like their brewer's edge mini regulators and their uh, keg king kegs all sorts of uh, keg distance and uh, they got all sorts of stuff so check it out all at uh, williamsbrewing.com and browse their vast selection experience their excellent customer service you won't be sorry all right, so we're going to do a live Q&A today, and the topic is yeast and fermentation problems. Seems like that is a common uh, common question around the around these interwebs. Uh, is Malcolm still with us? Malcolm? Malcolm? Yes, he is, in fact, if we need to partake of him. I am here, and I'm drinking beer. <laughs> I saw you pouring something out of a bottle. What are you drinking? Oh well, okay. So I just poured a meantime coffee porter. Mm, mm-hmm. That's okay. a good one. Yeah. So if I any questions come my way that uh, reflect Involve upon porter? me, yes, John Palmer or Jay Z can give me the point. Otherwise, <laughs> I will shut. I will shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, we'll see if you, you jump oh. in or not. Right. We'll gesture and shut and uh, call you by name. Yes, right on, right on. We'll we'll wave the finger in your direction. I bet All you right. will. <laughs> so. 
We will. We absolutely will. All right. Uh, first question. Hey, guys. Dean from Stockholm, Sweden here. Uh, not sure if this is relevant. But uh, what if I'm brewing a lager and pitch half of the yeast direct and the rest 24 hours later? Just happened that I ran out of yeast and had to run out of it and had to wait until Monday to buy. Thanks, Dean. Ah. Well. Well. You want to start? 24 hours is a little long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I would say that that's a little bit long to wait, um, depending on the strength of the beer. If it's a you know a lower middle medium gravity, um, I would say that second batch of yeast is probably uh, probably going to come into that wort and may never really get up to speed. Um, if the you know the oxygen's gone, um, they may they may be at a slight disadvantage coming into that fermentation. So, um, but if it was a if it was a heavier wort, you know, a lot more uh, sugar available, um, then, then that second pitch may, may in fact, uh, help. But uh, hard to say. Not, not, not a lot of information there in the email. Right. Yeah, it, it depends a lot of the state of the yeast when it's thrown in and a lot of the uh, parameters of the brew. Um, I would say, yeah, if it's, a, if it's a smaller beer, I think you're pretty much just wasting yeast. Um, the, the issue is, <clears throat> you know, there's that lag phase and during that lag phase, a lot of things happen. If the yeast don't have that opportunity, if, if fermentation started and, you know, a lot of the nutrients are used up and, um, uh, you yeah. know, for, alcohol is already being produced, you know, the yeast may not really jump in and, and start uh, fermenting as well. So you might've done just as well to leave it out. 24 hours is, you know, if it was like eight hours, I'd be like, yeah, you know, it was a bigger beer. I'd be, well, yeah, you're probably still okay. Uh, you know, once yeah. you get past, you know, 36 hours, then, you know, it's probably probably just a waste. If you were dealing with a bigger beer and you wanted to add more yeast um, a little bit later on, um, one of the things that I recommend is, you know, eight to 12 hours after pitching a, a big beer, hit it with more oxygen. Um you know, anything up in the, you know, 10, 21 Plato, or, or the 21 Plato, uh, 10, uh, 84-ish range, uh, you know, past that, you, you want to definitely hit it with a, a do, extra dose of oxygen. You could throw more yeast in at that point, too, and uh, hit it with a dose of oxygen then. So, uh, yeah. if it's a big Aerate beer. the starter. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, interesting question, though. I actually, I actually like that question. And uh, mm-hmm. but there you go. There's your answer. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we will uh, have more questions right after this. The Twenty First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch Do out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's The 21st Amendment. 
Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer whether for yourself or as a gift when you subscribe or resubscribe from the brewing network homepage, you directly support programs like this get a great magazine and support the brewing network subscribe to brew your own right from the brewing network.com the vault created by white labs the Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through the Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Let me tell you about uh, Craft Brew and their really cool catalyst uh, fermenter. It's made from plastic that's over 90% more scratch-resistant than any other plastic conical out there and 71% less oxygen permeable. Those are important facts when uh, you're looking at these uh, types of conicals. It's got a low-profile stand, and because it's made of plastic and this low-profile stand, it's compact enough to go into your fridge and on the counter, yet it doesn't weigh nearly as much as something made out of metal. Cleaning's a breeze because, again, the entire lid comes off, and you can scrub in there to your heart's desire. And since it's uh, far less scratchable, more scratch-resistant, you're going to have less of an issue uh, cleaning that. And the best part of all is it's got this 3-inch butterfly valve on the bottom. 3-inch because you can screw on any mason jar and dump your yeast to uh, save for your next uh, batch of beer. And we all know that repitching yeast is one of the keys to making some great beer. Uh, recently, they've te- teamed up with the Stone Brewing Company. You can go to their website, and they've got a version of the famous uh, Stone Pale Ale available to uh, do in your uh, your your craft brew catalyst fermenter. Uh, just ask uh, Jeff, A- Jeff Angel in uh, a few weeks. 
about his new catalyst because they gave one away on our show to uh, the famous magician uh, Jeff Angel. He's going to brew a beer and then make it disappear. Make it disappear. <laughs> there you go, pint at a time. Uh, visit craftbrew.com to uh, check it out today. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, here you go, uh, Porno Steve. You can read these. Oh, okay. Or should I say Porno Bruce? <laughs> porno Bruce. Cool. Mm-hmm. Apparently I had a name change. Um, here we go. Porno Freddy. You look very much like Jesus. Freddie Mercury. Yeah! <laughs> All right, anyway. Your teeth aren't big enough. <laughs> oh. We get some chiclet additions for you. Hi, guys. I was thinking of experimenting with an ale and lager fermentation in the same batch of wort. My plan is to start with a, a an ale yeast that is not cool temperature tolerant, and then after about 50% fermentation, cool and pitch the lager yeast and finish fermentation as a lager. Do you know of any beers that have tried this? I'd appreciate your thoughts on this, and if you have any suggestions to make this successful... Uh, make it successful. Uh, <laughs> split it into two separate words. Pitch the ale yeast in one and lager yeast in the other. And then blend the beer at the end. Because if you ferment 50% with ale yeast and then throw in the lager yeast, lager yeast is probably not going to do anything whatsoever. It's not going to yeah. start fermenting. There's too much alcohol in there. The nutrients are essentially depleted. And um, you're just not going to get the lager yeast to do anything at that point. Or you right. could try a blended ale and lager yeast at the beginning, throw them both in at the beginning into the wort, and uh, start with um, – I would start with a lower temperature and then raise the yeah. temperature up. Um, because if you start with a higher temperature and crash the temperature down, you're just going to kind of make the yeast go to sleep. Yeah. You'd probably want to start no lower than 55, maybe more like 58 or 60. Right. Yeah, um, interesting. I, it's not something I would attempt, um, just because. You ever done anything like that, Malcolm? What? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So I am a uh, anti-conventionalist, uh-huh. and I will, uh, I will do the very modern high temperature lager profile, and I, I have been. No wonder you can't make a good decoction beer, God damn it! Yes, Your fermentation exactly. screwed up. I, I, I will tell you this, Jay Z. I have been rewarded by <laughs> ignorant judges, and <laughs> um, they have unfortunately rewarded me with a medal. <laughs> a metal regardless. plate in your head or what <laughs> yeah yeah Re- regardless of my process i i have unfortunately won categories okay ales and lagers or yes so you just started drinking now right yes. okay all right i'm just seeing how much it takes okay yeah. i have unfortunately been rewarded by medals and Despite having done high temperature lager for when you when you say high temperature, what do you mean? So I will typically pitch at like fifty fifty two. Oh man, that's high. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> that's, ridiculous. that's fine. And I don't I don't necessarily clean us the best way. 
Yeah. I'm just saying that. No, fifty-fifty-two is the competition. Yeah, in the yeah. competition. Some people do not know. Oh no, no, no! Fifty-fifty-two is fine. The the yeah. the trick is to just raise it up from there. You know, to just you know finish higher at the end. That's really more important than starting at like say forty-five. Um. You know, here's your next thing. You could try, you know, a batch of, you know, fermentation process. You know, get your pitches equal, you know, same word, you know, same vessel shape, same amount of cooling. But do one at 45 and up and do one at, you know, 50, 52 and up. I bet you you're probably not going to get a lot of people that can taste the difference. You might. All I know, All I know is I have a friend of mine. Who, him and I have gone back and forth on brewing processes, and he is a very successful competition brewer, and he has beat me more times than I wish to admit. And he does not mind pitching slightly warm and raising it up. Mm-hmm. And I and I have gone more traditional. Mm-hmm. And 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 this particular person is now a professional brewer, and he has beat me more than I wish to admit. Well. You know, a lot of times it's it's based on something else. Like you know, he's better looking than you. Uh, yes, he's taller, smarter, he's taller. taller. Yeah, faster. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think one of the most important parts of the lager process, lager brewing process, is whatever temperature you start at, you got to finish higher than that. It's just like yeah. a critical thing. If you start at whatever temperature and just finish at that temperature, your lager's not going to turn out very good. It, it, you got to get that uh, that rest at the end, and really, if you can move that rest forward, um, you know, to like you know the last half or third of of fermentation, then uh, you know you you really get a beer that dries out, uh, cleans up, and uh, really does taste better. Now, would you have gotten slightly less uh, esters, slightly less you know this that or the other thing by starting a little lower? Uh, quite possibly, but I, I think that effect is is fairly minor, and I think the most important part is uh, you know going with that that rising temperature towards the end uh, to really push yeah. fermentation to finish and yeah. to uh, clean up after itself. Yeah, well, not even dryness because yeah, I mean you can have something that's sweet, but you know to full attenuation, right? Full attenuation and uh, the opportunity to clean up, uh, you know, all those other compounds. You know, you're getting rid of your your buttery, your green apple, um, and it, yep. and if you have vigor in your fermentation, you know, you blow Bigger. off more of the uh, more of the sulfur. So uh, that's right. That's that's really the important part of the the whole process. So I imagine uh, you know you should do a you should do a test on that and try one uh, lower and try one higher. You know, try one at 60 and try one at, you know, 45 or 50. You know, a 10-degree difference. I, I bet you... I welcome you, all the challenges. you might see a difference. Absolutely. I'd be interested in that one. Go go brew that one. Uh, we'll talk to you next week when you have that one done, right? <laughs> all right. Go, go do it, and we'll, we'll do another show on that one. That would be fun. Um, no let's see. Uh, porno Bruce. What's next? Yeah, Porno, porno Bruce. God, I don't like porno, Bruce, man. Porno Freddy Steve Bruce. <laughs> That's my middle. That's my my other middle name. Besides yeah. so Dildo. Freddy, Freddy Steve Bruce <laughs> Dildo the third. <laughs> you get your ass over here. All right. This one is about an IPA off flavor 
of green apple someone brewed. It's funny that you prefer the name Dildo to uh, Bruce. Hey, man, you know what? I just got to keep up with my profession. You know, it's it's called being a professional, Jamil. At first I thought you'd said porno bruise, but... um. (laughs) That's what happens sometimes, you know? That's the next brewery name since all the others are taken. Porno bruise. Porno bruise. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So this guy brewed a typical IPA. Its original gravity was... 1.048. 1.048. Uh, it was 90% Maris Otter, 5% Victory, 5% Munich, and uh, 1 ounce Caramel 40. The batch is 10 gallons. He boiled for 60 minutes. Um, the hops was 1 ounce of each of the following. Uh, he did 60 minutes of Chinook, 20 minutes of Centennial, and then 5 minutes of Centennial. Um, flame off. Uh, the immersion chiller starts, brings the wort to 170, stop cooling, and add Galaxy Citra, Whirlpool at 170 for 15 minutes, and resume chilling. You can um, have Karate Kid brewing, or Mr. Miyagi brewing. <laughs> flame on, flame off. Flame, flame on, flame <laughs> off. Huh? All right. No, it's, it's a great idea. Might uh, <laughs> think about it. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. For complete details, the wort did not cool below 80 Fahrenheit. So you put the wort in two six-gallon glass carboys, put in the fridge, temperature probe, he's in the wort. Next day, temperature is at 64, octogenated and pitched, about one pint of WLP-007, English trial. Second-generation house harvest to each five gallons. Uh, fermentation went well. Starting second day, one degree up, 64, 65, 66. After five days, gravity was 1.020. Because I want to dry hop on or during active fermentation, and because I want to harvest yeast, I rack the beer at 1.020 gravity to clean carboys with Galaxy and Citra as dry hop at one ounce each for each five gallons. I assume that enough yeast will rack with the beer. Lo and behold, fermentation stalled. After one week with dry hops in, gravity was still 1.016. After 10 days of gravity, was uh, 1.014. I added a pack of Seifel US05 hydrated, split between the two carboys, as well as another ounce of Galaxy to each, and raised temperature to 71 Fahrenheit. Finally, after two weeks from the first dry hopping and four days of the second dry hopping, beer gravity is 1.010. Racked it, kegged it, added gelatin, CO2. Beer's great. Tropical fruit, pineapple, mango, citrus, no diacetyl, but it's a subtle green apple in the finish or in retronasal. Question. Is green apple a normal flavor with tropical IP like this, or is it due to long dry hopping, uh, dry hopping chlorophyll, or is it because of stalled fermentation? Well, it's hard to know without actually tasting the beer, but it, it, it's uh, if it's truly like an acetaldehyde, it's um, um, a fermentation problem. So mm-hmm. I I don't think it's from the hops. I don't think it's from the chlorophyll. Or... I think it's from you know stalled fermentation or something like that. Well, um, I, I was kind of going the other way. I was thinking that might be the, just the a hop character um, from the from the dry hopping that maybe he's picking up and interpreting as acetaldehyde. Right. Again, um, without tasting, you don't really know say. for sure. But you know, if it truly is, then well, then it's from fermentation. Yeah. If it's just right, a yeah. mistake, then... Hops don't... Yeah. Send it in? No. Don't send it in. No? No. But I like beer, man. All right. Well, send it in. <laughs> uh, porno Freddy Steve Bruce. Uh, yeah, I don't know we'll, who I am anymore. <laughs> My we'll, identity's gone. Well, drink it and tell us if it was green apple-y. 
of a porno Allen. Porno Allen? No. The Porno Allen Project? Please, please. <laughs> the the Allen Porno Project. Allen Porno, there you go. Allen Porno Project. <laughs> There's the brewery name. The Allen <laughs> Porno is. Project, yeah. There's the brewery name. Okay. <sighs> I don't know. Let's do one more question. How many okay. questions have we done? I've lost total. total uh, we've track. done two. <laughs> two? Oh I think God. so. All right. Might be three. Or maybe three. I think that was the third because I did two and you did one. Yeah, we took a break. I don't know. All right. Well, let me let me tell you this. Let's uh, let me tell you about uh, the uh, AHA and their uh, their excellent member benefits. The uh, Zymergy magazine. The member discounts at bars, breweries, and homebrew shops. The Brew Guru app, which Malcolm is a great fan of, to help you yes. find those member deals. And if you go to the uh, bringnetwork.com uh, website and you click on the Join the AHA link now through Christmas Eve using the promo code BNARMY, you're going to get two free books mailed to your home. It's going to be Wood and Beer, A Brewer's Guide, and Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic uh, uh, Beer Styles. All for just signing up. Like, the Zymergy alone is worth the, the price. The member discount's worth the price. You can you can go to these, and especially easier with the Brew Guru app, you can see all these places, the breweries and, and pubs and stuff and restaurants that offer the discount and homebrew shops. If you brew at all or drink or eat at all, you are going to pay yourself back for the membership. It is like a free – the membership doesn't cover the cost of all the benefits. You do the rallies. You do the GABF member session. You all this stuff. Man, oh, man, it's essentially paying you to be a member. So uh, sign up today. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com and click on that uh, Join the AHA link. And uh, get your free books, get all your other benefits. If you don't think you got your money's worth, con- email John Palmer. He will refund your money. He believes in it that much. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Now That's let's right. take a break. Please. We'll be back after this. <laughs> BN Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including White Labs, Y-Yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand-new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe 
until we're able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. I tell you, if you want to turn beer into beer... Uh, a great way to go about it is go to the White Labs uh, website, whitelabs.com uh, slash the vault, and uh, check out uh, the super secret special yeast strains that you can get through the vault. You go in there, and essentially you uh, kind of vote and say, you pre-order and say, oh, I want this one. This one is absolutely cool. And if everybody kind of agrees and you know it's the one that gets a, the critical mass of votes, well, they go ahead and make a big, big ass batch of that and uh, send it out to all the people who, who voted on that one or pre-ordered that one. You know, it's, it's kind of a secret way is to get everybody, all your friends that brew, 
go on social media and get everybody to vote for a certain yeast strain. You know, explain why it's you know absolutely coolest. It's from a brewery you love. Uh, you know, it's historic. It's you know unique. And that's the kind of yeast that they have in this thing. Yeast that you just can't get except through their vault. They've been collecting yeast for, you know, over 20 years. And they've got thousands of strains that you never get access to. And that's why this program is so cool. You can go in there, check out all these different yeasts, try something you've never been able to try before and get access to it. And the cool thing is if you're like a yeast geeky person, you can get one of these yeasts. You can go ahead and plate it out yourself, and then you got access to it anytime you want. Yeah, there's your secret. So check it out, <laughs> whitelabs.com slash the vault. And uh, your order could push the next uh, strain into production, so check it out. All right, next question. Porno. Porno Jerry. Pornographic uh, Dildo Steven. I'll go by his formal name. Thank you. Thank the you. Name his mother used. This one, um, SO4 Struggles. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have been brewing for years using a lot of different yeasts, liquid and dry. I've been experimenting with SO4 and SO5 lately. SO4 has been giving me a headache. Four batches in a row have stopped at 1.020. Here are the statistics. Uh, cell count. The batches were 20 liters. Rigid gravities ranged between 1.040 to 1.054. All batches were inoculated with two ton- uh, two 11-gram packs of yeast each. Hmm. Uh, the temperature. Mash temps were roughly 67 Celsius to 69 Celsius. Fermentation temperatures were 17 Celsius to 20 Celsius. I've had no problems fermenting with mash temps up to 73 Celsius. Grain selection. All batches had more uh, than 75% quality two-row. Oxygen. I don't add pure oxygen, but do splash heavily when transferring. This has been fine for other brews, yeasts. Fermentation health. Uh, lag was short in all cases. Bubbling in Krausen has occurred within 12 hours. Heavy, thick Krausen within 24 hours. Uh, these statistics are indicative of most of my brews. Any other yeast I have used has finished within two points of the estimated final gravity. SO4 has been as far as seven points off of estimated final gravity. Last batch was 1.040 English bitter. Other English yeast liquid have finished this beer out in three days. Started at 17 Celsius and raised it to 19 within three days. Bubbling had showed signs of slowing by end of day three. Shook the fermenter each morning and night to rouse the yeast. Nothing I did seemed to fix the issue. I brewed the same recipes with SO5, and they all finished where I expected. Any ideas on what could be the issue? I like the flavors it gives and the attenuation. I would love to use it more often if I can get it to behave in a more predictable manner. Oh, I got a couple of things. Um, first off, I don't know if he's rehydrating. However, it sounds like he may have used other dry yeast like Nottingham or something like that. So perhaps um, he has been rehydrating. I don't know. Rehydration will, uh, you know, carry up to, you know, 90, 95% of the yeast live. If you don't rehydrate it, you know, 50% can be dead. So you want to rehydrate. He doesn't mention that, but I'm assuming that's not the problem because he's had success with other yeasts. He doesn't mention using. Right. He says he doesn't use O2. He just uses air. Well, that Splashing. can affect you know 
the the attenuation level dramatically. Um, you can, you know, without enough oxygen, the yeast will not finish out sometimes. So uh, O2 can be a good thing. But, again, he's saying, you know, other yeasts, he's gotten the, the correct numbers, so maybe his splashing is good enough and, you know, his pitch rates seem substantial. So I'm saying, well, maybe that's not the problem. You know, maybe it is, you know, dry yeast versus liquid yeast. Well, then that could be the problem. But the most likely thing that I'm coming up with, and I, yeah, I also ran through, well, it could be, you know, a malt issue. It could be, you know, so many other issues. But since I assume that would all be the same across his brews, the one thing I've come down to. See, this is the, the process that we go through mentally when we answer your questions. Right, John? Right. You run through right. 20 different possible scenarios. While listening to the question, that's why sometimes we miss some things because we're writing notes and thinking about the answer. Uh, but the answer I come up with is, what about the age of the yeast pack that he is using? This oh, is most likely to be variable, or the condition it was stored in. If it was stored warm, if the SO4 was stored warm somewhere, and, uh, you know, again, uh, dry yeast packs, you, you don't want to freeze them, but you want to put them in the refrigerator, and keep them cold it extends the viability so that possibly could be the issue i mean different yeast strains will have different fermentation characteristics but the so far should finish out a little drier than that yeah, yeah yeah so all those things could be issues but you know i would also check you know the the date on the pack and uh make sure that you're dealing with you know apples to apples when you know, maybe your other yeast that you're using is fairly fresh and was stored cold, and this SO4 was stored warm, and it's, you know, a couple of years old, and, you know, that is another possibility. Anything to add to that, John, or, or Malcolm? Well, yeah, just, just one thing I'm going to add is that I did um, a series of aeration experiments for the latest edition of How to Brew, mm-hmm. and... Um, doing uh, pouring and shaking a carboy and and splashing, and even using one of those inline aerators, you know, mm-hmm. that you put on the end of your siphon hose, mm-hmm. um, where kind of you know sp- sprays it out. Mm-hmm. Um, the maximum oxygen I got from the typically got from those methods was about four to six ppm. Mm-hmm. So that's right, right? About half of what uh, most you know yeasts are said to need mm-hmm. if you if you um, go like a maniac you can get up to eight yeah yeah see see four to six is like less than eight and i've tried to <laughs> i've tried to really try to like really that's insightful like, four to six is less than eight well obviously but i've tried to like go on extreme and, and uh-huh. like splash beer and uh-huh. work at this point into a carboy, and I've had a hard time getting up to eight. I've, right. I've had a hard time. Yep, that's yep. that's about the yes. max you're going to get with yeah. air. I think the theoretical maximum with air is eight. Right. It, you uh, depending on your your elevation and mm-hmm. uh, temperature, you can get up to ten. Um, uh, yeah, you know, at sea level. But uh, I think that's nigh on the, impossible. Yeah. It's it is difficult difficult to get um, get up there at most elevations. Mm-hmm. So oxygen's um, the way to go. Yep. Or extended extended aeration with an air pump. 
because then you're not, you're not your arms don't get tired. I mean, you know, Malcolm, I imagine your arms got quite tired when you were going extreme. My, <laughs> my right arm is very strong. I don't know why. I, it's much stronger than my left arm. I've had a hard time trying to find a difference perceivably between doing an aggressive lauder knockout and that between doing a forceful O2 oxygenation. So, now, I mean, I haven't done an exactly controlled experiment between a forceful lauder and O2 oxygenation, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a extreme difference between the two. So, okay. if you do a forceful lauder and get you know four to six, and you do an aggressive oxygenation and get like eight to twelve, I haven't seen difference. I just haven't. How many times have you brewed the, that difference? I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's not it's not controlled. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who has forceful control. That's uh, Nico at Nico Brew. <laughs> <laughs> he he has had forceful control over the quality of the hops he's sending you. Uh, you know anything from the 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 classics. You know the Hallettauer, the uh, you know Chinook, and all that stuff to the the modern uh, mosaic and uh, Aus- you know, various Australian hops, and he's got it all and an available uh, availability of stuff that uh, is very unique and very uh, very um, uh, trendy right now is some of the Idaho grown hops which he has access to. So uh, he's got some good stuff, and he's going to send it to you. In a Mylar bag that's been nitrogen flushed, and all the hops are cold stored and properly handled, and he's going to send it to you for five bucks, five dollars shipping. He's done that for the, since since he's been going, and he's sticking to it. So uh, you're actually coming out ahead on the shipping, makes it, the prices even much more attractive. And uh, he's got everything from, uh, you know, the homebrew size to the commercial brewer. When uh, I needed some special hops for Heretic, uh, Nika was able to hook me up with them. And uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, he's a good guy. And uh, he really looks out for his customers. You know, he's got, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's come up with a full line of uh, pro brew equipment that you can get to. But he's also got his swag, onesies, tees for toddlers. See, he says... He starts off with onesies and tees for toddlers, and even something for grown-ups out there. Even something for grown-ups. And I'm saying, I'm just saying, you know, it's not me who was bringing up the toddlers and the onesies. But But I am saying, if you're an adult and you want to get, like, one of his thongs, you want to send a picture of that area to Nico... So he knows how to properly size the thong for Man, you. You need to know how. It There's fits. a lot of variability there, oh, and he'll yeah. he'll send you. I, I I'm telling you, if you send him a naked picture of yourself, um, he will be able to properly size your order. You know, so when you order some hops from Nico, which I think you should do, I think you should get some Nico gear to rep rep the brand. And when you do, I think you send him a naked picture of yourself so you're sure the size you're getting will fit you properly. 
I'm just saying that's the way to go. Check it out at NicoBrew.com. Uh, send them in your naked picture today. All right. Let's take another break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, more of your Q&A right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature March pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20 gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman kettle cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. I'll tell you. Steve, you know, you know your, I mean, you get a lot of your supplies from uh, adamandeve.com, correct? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, pretty much the whole industry yeah. supplied. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Of course. I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have pulled off the film 
that award-winning film, Texas Crack Wrangler, oh, without classic. stuff from Adam and Eve. Classic, of course not. Right. No, there you all go. credit to them. Well, I'm telling you, you, our lovely listeners, can also partake of the same place that uh, Porno Steve gets his materials, adamandeve.com. And for a limited time, uh, you know, like the last 10 years I've been doing the show, a limited time, you could use the off code Jamel, <laughs> J-A-M-I-L. And you can go to adamandeve.com, and you can get 50% off almost any one item. So so you go to adamandeve.com, put one item in your shopping cart, right? Something that you think is going to thrill you or your partner or, you know, whatever. And uh, you're going to pay 50% of that. Look good on YouTube. 50%. And the prices aren't, like, jacked up. They're decent prices. You're going to pay 50% of that, half off. That's all you're going to pay. Because you're going to get free shipping on everything. And then they're going to throw in three free full-length adult DVDs. You're going to get the free Power-O vibrating uh, ring to use for pleasuring, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to pleasure. Or like we determined in the last thing, you put on your turkey leg during the family dinner and let that baby rip. Freak out your family. Yeah, put 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 it on a carrot. Put it on a sausage and just like, hey, hey, Grandma, here, you know. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> uh, don't say I told told you to do that, because uh, then they're going to think you're listening to the radio and it's causing you problems. And then they're going to come and turn me in. Uh, but seriously, you're paying half off of one item. <laughs> you can all the rest of this stuff for free. That's all you're paying. And usually all these good deals, they get you on the shipping and the handling. Well, not in this case. It's all free. Use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com, and enjoy yourself. Either by yourself or with your partner, enjoy. All right. One last question, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Okay. This one is about fermentation schedule, fermentation schedule uh-huh. slash cold crash. He's for you to say. Hey, guys. Zach in southeast Missouri. I have some questions about my fermentation temp schedule. I typically ferment on the lower end of a yeast's tolerance range for 10 to 14 days, then ramp up to 7D or so for a few days to help the yeast to clean everything up. I then cold crash by sticking the fermenter into the fridge set at 37. I've heard you say that cold crashing rapidly stresses the yeast and can cause problems. I haven't experienced, rather noticed, any such problems, but want to do all I can to make the best beer. Am I better off ramping down temps for a few days before cold crashing, such as taking it down to 50 for a day or two, then cold crash the rest of the way? Really appreciate any advice. There's several things here. One is, you know, 10 to 14 days or whatever temperature and then ramping up. You'd be better off, you know, pitching the right amount of yeast, Maybe even starting a degree or two warmer, and then uh, you know, like a you know two thirds of the way through fermentation, raise it a couple of degrees. If you wait until you know fourteen days and then you raise to seventy from sixty something, sixty five, uh, you know the yeast already gone to sleep. You get a few stragglers, and eh, not really the most effective. You want to do you want to raise your temperature as. As soon as you see fermentation start to slow, start notching your temperature up a little bit, you know, once a day, a degree a day or two degrees a day, whatever it be. 
And then you're going to get, you know, your most activity and it's going to be continuous. That's the best way to go. You should, the beer should be done in 10 days. Uh, yeah. You know, 14 days at the max. I mean, should be completely fermented, reached attenuation. The yeast should have flocculated out. You should be, you know, ready to ready to package at that point. Um, oh, man, I forgot the other thing. What was the other thing? Let me see that. Let me Let me see that thing again, man. <laughs> so, hey, so Jamil. Yes. At the pro, at the pro level, between eleven and fourteen days. Yeah. Are you finding that your loggers are still complete? Uh, yeah, should be. Uh, you know, everything should be done ten days tops. Ales, you know, pretty much done in four days. Loggers, you know, seven days. Um. Oh, the rapidly yeah, cold crash. All right, so cold crash signaling for a minute in the fridge set at 37. Um, you know, all right, so cold crashing rapidly is, will stress the yeast and cause problems. The problems you're going to cause are really on the repitching side. Well, there's two problems. One is when you rapidly chill the yeast, it kind of shocks them. And there's a few things that happen. One is it's going to express more of the compounds that are going to have a potential flavor active uh, bit to them. So, you know, when you're making a lager, you don't want to cold crash it because you're going to possibly end up with a slightly more estery lager. Same thing will happen with ales. If that's what you want, or if you want a really clean ale, then don't do that. The second thing that could be an issue is when you rapidly chill or rapidly heat the yeast, they will try to protect themselves they they express these heat shock proteins and this is not a good thing on future pitches because they're using up a lot of their nutrients and their ability in expressing these proteins and future fermentations will suffer from something like this so if you're looking at repitching the yeast well then you want to avoid that if you're not looking at repitching the yeast and it's an ale and you want to get a lot of character in it, um, yeah, then go ahead and rapidly crash it. I think, you know, that, that could help. But if it's lager, no. All right? So, Jamil, I have a question. Sure. Um, is a, you know, uh, as opposed to cold crashing, what sort of uh, temperature, you know, cooling regime do you use for your lagers at the infermentation? Oh, at the brewery or? Yeah, at Heretic. Um, so we will drop the temperature down over several days. So we just set the controller down a, a point or two. and Okay, like we, a couple know. degrees a day, five degrees a day? Yeah, we try and I, – I tell my guys to keep it to no more than six degrees a day, a day but they do typically – Okay. You know, two or three degrees a day. I mean, they'll they'll okay. change it some point before they leave. I tell them they could do it in the morning and they can do it at the end of the day, but they typically okay. typically just tend to do it once a day. They'll change it like two degrees, and then you know they just wait, and then the next day they'll change it again. So it tends to be a very slow ramp. Mm-hmm. And that's to cool after. Fermentation's yes. finished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Settle the yeast. Yes. Okay. I think that'll help give people some perspective versus cold crash. And I think 
Right. Cold it, crash know, is, is not is not the way to go, but it's it's the catchphrase that people have gotten used to. Well, because most people don't have temperature control over that part of the process. They've uh, transferred yeah. to a keg or to bottles, and then they throw it in the fridge. That's what I used to do uh, yeah. as a home brewer until I learned about you know this issue. And um, I suppose that could be another another test. But I've um, I've seen uh, studies and seen papers on as much as I think fifty percent more uh, uh, esters. Uh, by cold crashing versus a slow drop in, in temperature on a lager. That's interesting. Okay. So yeah. um, I, that, I, I saw that during the, you know, the yeast book uh, research. And um, uh-huh. so I think, uh, you know, there, there could be something to that. And I, I had heard it before as well. So yeah. I think... Um, you know, I haven't personally tested that, but uh, because okay. of the data that I got, I believe it. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It, it makes sense to me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you, you know, it, the the mentality to cold crash both ales and lagers to aid clarification mm-hmm. or, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing a lager. I've got to drop it down to zero C. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty-two F um, to really logger it. Um, right. You know, the, these misconceptions are still out there, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's good to, to well, throw out you know what right. we actually do instead of that. Well, and the yeast activity stops after you know forty degrees oh, yeah. Fahrenheit, so you drop it below right. that, you might as well not be you know talking about loggering. You're talking about settling or yeah. maybe a chemical action versus a yeast action when you get below forty. I, I think yeah. the thing to take away from it is, ideally, you know, since you're if you're controlling the the temperature of your fermentation, you should probably look at controlling the temperature of your your cold conditioning. You know, that would be a nice thing to add to your your process. And I think a lot yeah. of people aren't. I know when I started homebrewing, I wasn't. So, right there, you go. Okay. All right, another fine show. At least that's what I tell myself to endure the drive home. That's right. I think it was. Well, if you enjoy it, check out our fine sponsors. Check out, uh, uh, you know, Blickman Engineering. Uh, send an email to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. Tell them how much you appreciate that he pays for the show so you don't have to. And uh, check out all their, their great stuff there. If, you, if you're if you hearing this now, check out, uh, you know, the free giveaways that are coming up. You know, just click on that banner on their website and you're entered into, uh, you know, a ton of great stuff. And, uh, you know, send a naked picture to Nico and Nico Brew uh, so he can size you appropriately for uh, whatever Nico branded gear you want and so, sell you some great hops. And uh, check out the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. There's all sorts of goodies in there. And when you buy that stuff, it all goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps provide for shows like this. They've got great stuff in there, Bevo. They've got uh, hoodies, hats, glassware, growlers. No glassware. They don't do glassware anymore. Um, coffee makers. That's blasphemy, man. Yes, they got coffee makers. They got uh, signs. And breakfast sweaters. Cereal. Breakfast breakfast cereals. They got it all. Check it out at thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong. <laughs> <laughs>